Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself Podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. an exciting conversation to share with you today with Erin Claire Jones. I am so excited to bring human design to you because it's been game changing for me. I found human design last year and it was one of those synchronistic things that kind of just fell into my lap. I was working one day and I made a click and I made another click and all of a sudden there was this thing called human design on the screen and I was so intrigued. I started searching deeper into what it was. I bought a book. I started following people on Instagram, Aaron being one of those people and I was just immersed into learning everything about human design because when I found out what my (laughs) human design energy type is. It was so validating for me. I was like, finally, I finally understand why I have felt the way I have felt about myself. And there are words and there's a name and there's the description to all of this. It was just such a liberating experience for me. And human design has been something that I've started to incorporate into all my coaching work with clients. It's such a great system for us to better understand ourselves. I like to say that human design is the energetic blueprint of your soul. So it takes the conscious aspects of you and the unconscious aspects and kind of combines it all together into this beautiful energy of who you are, who you are uniquely designed to be. So I bet you're curious what my human design energy type is. I'm a projector and I'm a splenic projector with a 2-5 profile at the incarnation cross of the right angle of the sphinx. So it is not a coincidence at all that I'm doing the work that I'm here to do in the world because as a projector, I'm a guide. And it made so much sense why I've always been so drawn and obsessed with people. Like people are my passion. I love learning about people. I love diving into the energy and the and the inner world of people so much. And I understand people so well. Uh, and being the line too, it was something that was naturally something that just came to me very naturally and very easily. And which I kind of undermined for many, many years because it was so natural and so easy for me. But I've learned to embrace it. Before we dive into this conversation with Erin Claire Jones, who I found on Instagram. And I love the way she teaches human design. It is so practical. She makes it so easy to understand. And most of all, it's truly applicable to your own life. I just love how she teaches it. So I knew she was the person I had to talk to 
when talking about human design. And so I'm so excited to bring this conversation to you. But before we dive into this conversation, go ahead and pull up your human design chart by clicking the link in the show notes, which is erinclairjones.com slash lookup. Put in your time of birth, date of birth, location of birth, and that will give you your chart. And as you listen to our conversation, refer to your chart, and that will help you start better understanding and dissecting your chart. I want to just plant the seed with what the five energy types are in human design. And one word I would use to describe each energy type. So there are the generators, manifesting generators, reflectors, projectors, and manifestors. So I would say the generators are builders. The manifesting generators are builders slash innovators. The projectors are guides. The reflectors are samplers. And the manifestors are initiators. So that's a little tidbit for you. And now let's dive into the conversation with Erin Claire Jones. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since we decided to connect. So thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So let's just start with what is human design? Yeah. So human design is a system that is based on our exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it really gives us our energetic DNA. So it helps us understand how we're each meant to make decisions, communicate, work within teams, literally all the things. And often human design isn't about telling us stuff that we don't know. It's like all the stuff that we do know, but haven't really given ourselves permission to step into. Okay. So like, it's not like the Enneagram per se, where it's like more like a, you, you answer questions and you kind of figure out who you are according to the questions. It's more like, I feel like it's more astrological based and it's more, um, I, I like to think of it as like a blueprint of our soul. If we could have an image of our soul. Yeah. Accurate. So, yeah, I think that like, it's definitely not, you know, in terms of like Enneagram or StrengthsFinder or Myers-Briggs, like those are a little bit more on self-diagnosis of, of mm-hmm. us answering questions based on like who we think we are sometimes who we aspire to be, you know, it can depend. I've definitely had mine change over time. I think human design is not astrology. It does pull from astrology as well as a bunch of different systems. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that it kind of reveals like the energetics and all the stuff that's underneath the surface. So like, you know, the information again is often so resonant. People seem to really get it, but like it's not a self-diagnosing. And I think that's part of the magic because like it shows us so much stuff that we actually might not be totally conscious of in ourselves. Yeah, and I, I'm, we're going to get into this, but learning about my human design type as a projector, it was such a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. So can you talk about the, ener- the different energy types? Yeah, so we have highest level, there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. And so the majority of the population are manifesting generators or generators. So these are the people that like really just have the energy and the life force to kind of make things happen and kind of bring things to life. Most important thing in the world is that they're really doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like meant to wake up with like a full tank of energy to use their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of like crash and make up recharge. The difference with the two is that manifesting generators often thrive when they have their energy and a lot of things at once, not about just doing one thing and they move super quickly. And both of those types, it's all around magnetism. Like they're just meant to like allow life to come to them. 
Then we have projectors. You and I are both projectors. And these are the people that are really here to kind of like help lead and guide and advise, but not always here to do all the doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our gift is really in like the way that we see the world and just like our sensitivity to energy and people in general. And so really like leaning into that, I think so often we've been conditioned to be doers or feel like we need to keep up. So often it's such a, like you said, a weight off the shoulders, a sense of relief for projectors who's like, oh my God, there's like another way to do it. And so in the context of companies, like they'll often make really good CEOs or managers or even like coaches, therapists, people kind of like working with and guiding other people's energy. And they're really here to kind of be invited in and recognized before engaging in a new relationship or opportunity we have manifestors the ones that are here to just like initiate make things happen get things started not always here to do all the doing themselves either but like here to just get the ball rolling and they've got a lot of powerful energy in that kind of initiating phase freedom Mm -hmm. and autonomy and control are kind of everything for them so kind of being in a position where they have that freedom where they have that autonomy and control they can be very just naturally innovative and so their strategy is a lot and all about initiating making the first move but also about informing, like keeping the people around them kind of like up to date with what they're choosing and when. And then we have reflectors, which are the like smallest percentage, it's about 1%. And these are people that are really here to kind of take in and everything in their environment and mirror back and just let us know how it's going. So most important for them is around being in environments that feel really good to them because they're going to take it all in. Mm -hmm. And also around like allowing their fluid, their identity to be very fluid. Like Mm -hmm. they're not really meant to be just one thing. They're actually meant to kind of be all the things. So just like allowing themselves to move through like feeling some one way another day, another way the next day, and just kind of like honoring that fluidity. And the last piece I'd share for them is that they tend to carry just like such a unique perspective on the world and just see things that other people miss. So it's so powerful when they're kind of really invited in to share their perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing these different energy types and learning that I was actually a projector, like I said, was a huge weight off my shoulder, but you know, um, it actually helped me understand more deeply how it was designed to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I was never someone who could keep a nine to five job that would just it just wasn't working. And I yeah. remember thinking a lot to myself, if something's wrong with me, why, why couldn't keep up? Why couldn't do what everyone else was doing around me? But learning that 90, like 70% of that population you said was generators and manifesting generators, Correct. Yeah. That, that it made so much sense. So it gave me a lot of permission to really understand how it was designed to work. So I kind of want to talk a little bit more about like, each energy type in terms of like their work, how they approach work as in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that like human design is not a thing where it's like, okay, like you are this type and therefore you should be, you know, a doctor or a singer, like anything is possible for every type. Like it's not meant to box us in in that way, but it's more about the container for us. Like, so for manifesting generators, like they could do anything. Like they could either be in one job where they're allowed to do a a ton of different things at once, or maybe they are like have four different hustles going on at once. But like most important for them is like, they're here to be so lit up by what they're doing because when they're lit up by it, they basically are creating energy for everyone around them. And they're meant to do multiple things at once. And so like if they're in one traditional job and don't have the freedom to do other things on the side, it's going to be very challenging for them. Mm -hmm. And so like one of their biggest shadows would be like not pivoting quickly enough. So they need to be in a job where they can be free, like free and innovative and bring new ideas to life and pivot when they need I think for generators, like these people are here to be so lit up by their work in general. So like it could be like lit up by, you know, I I had a, I went to Morocco last year and got all these beautiful rugs and brought them back and we got them clean. And this guy came over 
And he had rug life tattooed on his hands because he was just like, I've been cleaning rugs for 20 years. Like, this is my thing. Like, I'm going to make your rugs look amazing. And it was just like so fun. It was like, oh my God, this feels so good paying and supporting this person. I'm like, because he loves it so much. And so I think whatever generators do, whether whatever the career, they're just going to be so lit up by it because when they're lit up by it, they're like creating energy for literally everyone around them. Would you say it's like they, they, they can pick one thing and just like put all of themselves into it? Yeah. But again, like I would allow themselves to like move on to the next thing when it's time. It's not like they're meant to be doing one thing for their whole life. Like some of them definitely could, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's more just like, yeah, they're going to go so deep into the process and master the process. And then when it's time to move on, they will. Mm -hmm. Whereas manifesting generators are probably going to move on a little bit quicker because like, they're just like, their careers are meant to be so nonlinear. Like Mm they might might be like, yeah, I like went to law school, but then I like decided to be an actress. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, they, that's part of their magic. Cool. And then I think for projectors, like within the context of company, it's often these people make like amazing managers or CEOs because they really are here to like guide other people's energy and like not really here to do all the doing. Um, and so just in a position where they're not expected to, and they can kind of lead from the outside is most natural, but also because they're so tuned into other people's energy and kind of be such, make other people feel so seen and recognized, like, you know, one-on-one work can be really useful as long as it's sustainable. So whether that's as coaching, a therapist, sound practitioner, whatever it is, but again, like anything's possible. You know, I worked with, like, I talked to a, a Broadway actress, you know, last week, who's a projector. So for her, it's just all about like, okay, how can I just like use my energy in a really sustainable way? Mm-hmm you know? And so like what she does, you know, it's like she works for four hours in the evening and then has the days off. So like, it's like projectors just like aren't meant to work those super long hours every day. I think with manifestors, like if they're going to work in the context of companies, they just need freedom. It's like, if, if somebody is like, this is your domain, like do what you please let us know how it goes. And just like, has the capacity to kind of like chart out their own path. They could be really successful if they're keeping everyone up to date with what they're choosing. Like I worked with a lot of like brand strategists that are manifestors, you know, cause they're just like bringing new ideas to life for their brands, but they have the right support and kind of are able to move on when they want to. Um, but also a lot of manifestors end up working for themselves because they just are so natural at kind of charting their own path. And it just kind of gives them control over what they're doing. Um, you know, reflectors, I think that like, I always say that like ideal role for a reflector is like as a like CEO whisper, which I know is like not always feasible, but the idea is that their perspectives are so valuable that like if they're in a company and able to just like whisper and like let the founder know all the things they're seeing, it would be of such extraordinary value. Like I worked with reflectors that are kind of personal assistants, but like have a lot of um, just like leverage and being able to kind of offer guidance to the person they're working for. Um, but also reflectors are like amazing facilitators. You know, I worked with a lot of reflectors that are like work in HR, kind of like they're the director of people mm-hmm. in that capacity as well, because they're just like, they can be so good in like facilitating kind of those more group experiences too, because they can like synthesize all the different perspectives. Yeah. Um, I actually started incorporating human design into my coaching not specifically coaching based in human design, but just kind of an addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the opportunity to work with a reflector client yeah. and learning that she was a reflector just gave her so much permission. And just to see how she sees the world was just so fascinating and how in tune she was with her environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I learned so much from her just working with her. Um, and, you know, she's in a position in, in, in her work where it's perfect for her because she can really show up in the way she needs to show up according to, totally. you know, be in tune mm-hmm. with the environment. So, mm-hmm. um, 
it's game changing. Uh, one of the things I want to dive into a little further is, okay, let's just say someone pulls up their human design chart, right? They put all the information in and there is this chart that kind of looks really abstract yeah, and really hard to understand. Can we walk through uh, what would be like the three or four key components to look for to start understanding your chart? Yeah. So if you look at a chart, it does look confusing. There are a lot of colors and like, you know, and white areas and it looks like a body, but it's just like confusing. And you can see like lots of different pieces. We're like, oh, those are maybe the chakras and maybe that's the tree of life. And maybe those are zodiac. Like you just like, there's a lot of little pieces. I think that like human design can be overwhelming, but like, I would just remind people that like the point of human design is not to inundate you with information. It's really to kind of give you actionable tools to bring into your own life. You know, and so if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, it's like coming back to the core pieces. So like what I would always recommend people dive into first is their type, what we've talked about, their strategy. So kind of how they're meant to engage with the world and then their decision-making, we call it the inner authority. It's often by integrating those three pieces that everything else kind of just happens, mm-hmm. you know, then, so like, I would recommend those as like a starting point. I think other places that are really interesting to look and do is like, if you look at a chart, you'll see certain centers that are white and open. And these are basically the areas where you're the most open and sensitive to kind of taking in other people's energy. And so often it's really useful to know what those are for you, just because like they're often the areas where you can kind of get the most taken off track. Mm-hmm. And so knowing what they are, is just like, okay, how can I fully leverage them and make sure I'm fully living in the wisdom? And then the one other core piece I would mention is the profile. The profile is like a weird fraction looking number. And the profile is kind of more around like how we're really to man- here to manifest our purpose, like, and just gives us often a bit more clarity around our path. And like, um, and it just gives us a whole lot of permission in that, in that space. Yeah. So I think I sent you over my chart. Yeah. Uh, could we just like walk through it? Maybe just like what a reading would you with you would be like? Yeah. So in terms of what I would cover in a reading or to actually read your chart? Uh, just the, 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 the three or four key components that you met, uh, that you um, said, the strategy, yeah. the yeah. authority and the open centers and maybe yeah. the profile. We already talked about the energy type. Yeah. So always starting with the energy type, because that's obviously just such an important thing to really practice and embody in your own life. Then the strategy, you know, like again, so as for any projector, it's about waiting to kind of be recognized and invited in. And so the idea is that you've just got this like precious energy and perspective to share. And like, if people aren't ready to hear it, it can be a little bit too much. And so just making sure that like, in terms of sharing your gifts that you're really invited in to share them. You don't need an invitation when it comes to like, you know, moving to a new city or even like starting a company or like um, any of that, but like, or even studying a new modality, but when it involves like, you know, sharing your gifts or working for someone or living with someone or dating someone, like making sure that invitation is there. And like, I'll always remind projectors that it's not meant to be an excuse to just be like passive and like, you know, sit on the couch. It's more like, how can you hone your craft and like identify exactly what it is like that you love to do and then make yourself visible and available to be invited in. So just to like, you know, make your action around like, how can I make myself visible so people can find me rather than kind of reaching out to specific people? Have you honored that in your own life? Like, do you, well, how do you, yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because when I learned my strategy was to wait for the invitation, I was a little bit like upset, a little bit like a little like irritated because I I see myself as a very like go, go, go action oriented person. And to think that I had to be a little bit more uh, wait, like wait and then step into something um, didn't really settle well with me, to be honest. And I was really confused of how to approach this thing because um, 
with my own business, like starting my own business as a coach many years ago, it was something that I just kind of jumped into. Didn't really like, uh, wasn't really invited to do it, but like, I felt like an impulse, like a strong impulse to start making videos on YouTube. That's how I started. And I, I want to kind of, I want you to kind of speak to that is the difference between waiting for an invitation, like an actual invitation come from the external world versus like an impulse or this like deep, like energy moving through you that you want to just birth something. Yeah. And so that is not a thing that you need an invitation for mm. when it involves like, just like creating a thing and you feel really drawn to it. Like, you know, my former business partner did like invite me in to study human design, but it was a thing that I just like, I wouldn't, I shouldn't need an invitation for that. Like I had that, but it's more just like, oh, I feel really drawn to this thing. I want to explore it. Oh my God. I feel really drawn to create this course, create this program, like do the thing. But I, when it involves like sharing it and kind of putting out into the world, like making sure that your audience and the people around you are really receptive to it. And so I think in terms of knowing like what to birth into the world and where our energy really wants to go, like that's where our inner authority plays a big role. And so for me, for example, it's all around like feeling into things and giving myself time to kind of wait for clarity before jumping in. Whereas for you, it's kind of meant to be very spontaneous, very impulsive. Like as soon as you get that urge and that like just like intuitive hit that something wants to come to life, like allowing yourself to do it. But again, just like being strategic about like bringing it out in the world and making sure people are actually receptive to it. So you're what we call a splenic decision maker. So that is like, again, the opposite of me, which is just like super spontaneous, super impulsive. Like basically your work is to like get quiet enough to hear your intuition and then just be courageous enough to act once it comes. That's interesting. I love that you um, made that differentiation between the fact that um, there is a time and place to wait for the invitation, but also to act on the urges or the inspirations that you get, like those downloads that we get, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because even just this conversation was totally like, I, was, I just was like, I have to just talk to you and mm-hmm. ask you about human design. It was just like email sent. It was just so spontaneous in the way I did it myself. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting that you um, brought that up. Uh, the one thing that came to my mind was um, you talk, you talked about the inner authority. Yeah. Uh, can you go a little deeper in terms of like, is there, is the, the inner authority is our decision making, right? It's how we make Correct. decisions. Um, is that, is that how our intuition works too? Is that the same thing as intuition and how our intuition speaks to us? So yours is, but not everyone's is. So the decision-making is basically just like how we're designed to know like where to put our energy and what to do. And so like some people, it's all around their gut response. Some people, it's all around sleeping on things like me. For you, it is all around your intuition and just like hearing kind of those just like intuitive hits that you get and like letting that drive your action. Um, Other people, it's around their ego and like whether or not they really have the willpower to do something. Other people, it's about like talking things out and kind of verbally processing. Other people, it's about being in the right environment. Reflectors need to give themselves like a full month before they decide. So I think for you in particular, it is all about how your intuition speaks to you and really letting that be your authority. Because even though there are so many different ways of making decisions in human design, none of us are meant to make decisions from our mind of just mm-hmm. like creating reason or logic or just like convincing ourselves in or out of anything because like while our minds are extraordinarily powerful they are often like pretty unreliable in terms of making decisions for us only because like we can convince ourselves in and out of in and out of anything like i said so um so so all of it is going to be around dropping into the body in some way 
Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because as we're moving more into the age of intuition, the Aquarian age, um, we're moving from a society that's more linear, logical, mind-based, more heart-based, emotion-based. And I think this is where human design plays a huge role because it's all about using the body and the emotions as guidance. Mm -hmm. And I love that you spoke to that. So, cause I understand that so deeply cause I'll get a hit sometimes and then my mind immediately takes over and starts to rationalize it. And I've learned to like step back and just go with the initial uh, impulse. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to me cause it's so quick. Right. And yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't come back ever again. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I had, you know, the emotional authority inside where I could ride the wave, but could you talk to a little bit more about the fact how we can use our emotions as a guidance and not try to use our minds so much as our guidance as our, as our way to operate? Yeah. So again, it's going to look a little bit different for everyone. So for you, you're not really meant to use your emotions as guidance. Like you're here to kind of just use your intuition. Like for those who are emotionally defined, it basically means that like, it's so funny because we, it's like around your feelings, but you're actually not meant to make decisions in like a very high or low emotional place. The key for those people is that like they develop clarity over time. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, if you're an emotional decision maker, it means that you're actually not meant to make decisions on an emotional high or on an emotional low but basically like give yourself a couple of days for that and kind of wait for the emotions to subside and just wait for this like place of like clarity and calm. And so that's, so yeah, the emotions piece is like you are emotional when you're an emotional decision maker, but again, like not letting the emotional extremes guide your decision making, but more just like how you feel over time. Um, so, so that is the one where that, like, that plays in a big, in a big way, like for you and your design, you're incredibly sensitive to other people's emotions. So like, I think for you to watch out for is that you're actually not making decisions based on like other people's excitement or other people's like emotional expression around a certain thing, but kind of like giving yourself maybe some space away from them to kind of like connect your own intuition and know what you're actually feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I have a question about that, that uh, just to like ask you is, um, uh, I do have an open solar plexus in my chart. Right. And uh, emotions, I feel them so intensely and it's like I get sometimes lost in them. Um, so here's a question is for those of us who do have that open solar plexus on our chart. How do we differentiate between when it's our emotions and other people's emotions? Yeah. So physical space is one of the best things. But the idea is, like I said before, we all have areas in which we're like, open and sensitive to kind of taking in other people's energy. And so for those who have an open emotional center, which if you're looking at the chart, it's going to be the bottom right triangle facing inwards. It basically means that not only do you feel other people's stuff, but you actually experience it in an amplified way and more intensive than they do. And so it can be a little bit overwhelming. And sometimes there can be a tendency to like avoid confrontation or not fully express your truth because like you don't know what it will spark in someone else and you're going to experience it more intensive than they do anyway. So it just feels a little bit overwhelming. Um, so I think the work is to just like honestly treat, I write this a lot, but it's like learning how to treat your emotions as intel into the world around you and not as something to like personalize and take on as your own. Mm. And so if you're feeling something or you start to feel like really like hot or touchy or nervous or overwhelmed, like one of the best things that you could do is take your energy out of the situation, out of the meeting, out of the conversation and just be like, when I'm actually just in my own space and in my own energy, how do I feel? Because mm. so often you'll just like come back to this place of neutrality and it's like, that's not actually mine, you know? And so the world can feel like a little bit overwhelming when you're just like bumping up on other people's emotional waves all the time, you know? And so your work is to kind of really just like always pay attention and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm feeling a lot. And it's actually probably around maybe 
what's going on in my environment or what's going on in the world or what's going on with this person because there's such a gift for the people that are open emotionally to be able to like mirror back to other people's emotions and give them language for what they're experiencing. So in the context of coaching with your clients, like it would be like, oh, I'm actually like feeling all this stuff. Like this is what's showing up, like, you know, and helping them understand that, you know, because I think that like, I know as somebody who has that center colored in in my design, like having my partner who has it open, he's been such a teacher in helping me actually understand all the things I'm experiencing. Yeah, I totally resonate with you with that because that happens a lot with my clients because I feel their emotions so strongly. And my, I have a partner who has it defined. So, yeah. so it, it's been interesting where he, he has he has it's taken him time to understand that my emotions are so amplified that when I say I need to leave the room I need to leave the room totally because being in my own space the energy totally subsides I totally resonate with what you're saying mm-hmm. um if someone if we're if we continue to look at our chart there's some we have defined centers and undefined centers Correct. uh could you could you signify what what the defined center looks like and an undefined center looks yeah. like so a defined center is going to be an area that's colored in in your design. So it's going to be one of those centers that has color. Doesn't actually matter what the color is. What matters is that it's colored in. And then the white and open centers are the centers that are just white and open. You know, reflectors are going to have every single center white and there are designs where every single center can be colored in. But generally the majority of us are going to have a combination of open and defined. And the defined are just the areas that we draw our energy from, the things that are operating in a more operate in a more consistent and reliable way. So like your intuitive center is colored in, meaning you have this like consistent, just like access to your intuition. But like, you know, again, your emotional center is open, which means you're kind of taking in other people's emotions. So like the areas that are open, it's like, it's just where we're taking in other people's energy, which is why it's so useful to know what they are. So we can start to be like, oh wait, that's not actually mine. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to ask you is for those of us who does, who do have those uh, open defined centers, it's like open solar plexus or open head center. Yeah. We are like taking in energy, right? From those centers, right? So what can we do to like empty out, to like this discharge or dissipate those energies that we've absorbed throughout the day? Yeah. So it's going to look a little bit different for every center, but I think that like we all are different in our types and like, but we all really need time alone in some way or another. So like the recommendation, especially for projectors in human design is to like sleep alone and sleep in your own energy and sleep in your own space, which I know is like not always desirable or financially feasible or exciting to people. But the idea is that we take in so much energy when we sleep. And so it's really just an opportunity to kind of let go of all the energy that's not yours, you know? So that's a really powerful way, like being in nature, baths, meditation, dance, like things that just kind of help you shake out all the stuff. I know for me, like with my open sacral center, which is just like a sensitivity to energy in general, just like being alone and being in my own space is just like the most powerful way to kind of reconnect and get that out of my system. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. So it's a lot of the self-care stuff, but again, I do think having time to really just be in your own space, which I know in this time of quarantine and social distancing is like not always as easy for people, but again, like it's really, you know, projectors I'm talking to, it's just like, take a little bit, you know, take a bath, take a 20 minute break. Like it's often just kind of clearing out other people's stuff. Yeah, uh, something I like to do is literally I'll just go sit outside and just stare into space for 20 minutes. I'll just put a timer on for 20 minutes on my phone and I'm not allowed to do anything. I'm just, I just literally have to just sit there. Yes. And I think that's actually a great exercise because like, it's the like not doing anything. Like I think that there can be a tendency, especially for projectors and like for all types, but I know because our shadow is doing too much that like, 
I feel like I have historically been like, oh, I've got to be like productive, even in my downtime, I've got to like watch this course, I've got to do this thing. Like, and so just allowing yourself to kind of do nothing is like such a powerful way to kind of let it all move through you. Yeah, I think I agree with you is always in learning mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing that you did talk about that I want to touch on, I, I wanted to ask you is our uh, sleeping schedules and sleeping patterns for each energy type. Is there, is it, is it play into uh, uh, human design if somebody's an early riser or a night owl, or is that just a person to person thing? I think it's a person to person thing. Like I've never, I think that it can be such a combination. Like projectors often really need a lot of sleep. Um, I think that, are you an early riser or no, I'm a, I'm a night owl. Like I'm an early riser. You know what I mean? So like, and I, we're both projectors. So I don't think it's like so consistent. I think that like, it's like as projectors, it would be more like honoring when the energy is there. Like I feel so clear and energized when I wake up and I love waking up early and like, you know, for you, it might come later at night. And so like, I would just more play with that. I think the sleeping thing is more around sleeping in our own energy when possible. And also like, even like I usually wake up by an alarm because I wake up early, but like in this time of quarantine, it's like, unless I have like a really early session, which I usually don't schedule my sessions in the morning, it's like, I've just been like sleeping without an alarm. And like, I know mm-hmm. that as a projector, that's been like the most healing thing I can do, you know? So I think it really varies person by person. Um, but I think it's more just like honoring your energy pattern and like how to support that. Like as a manifesting generator or a generator, like part of their work is using up their energy every day. Like that's what's going to actually allow them to sleep soundly. Like if they're just like not really using their energy, they're probably going to feel pretty restless when they go to bed and have a hard time sleeping and kind of wake up throughout the night. And like, whereas projectors or manifestors or reflectors, like it's actually really good for us to just like have like a serious time of like unwind of like not being super stimulated right before bed, but more giving ourselves time to just kind of like let go of all the stuff that's not ours, taking a bath, reading, just kind of like easing into sleep and easing into bed. But I think the waking up can totally vary. That totally makes sense. I know when I take time to unwind before bed, I actually sleep better. Yeah. And I, I have a partner who's an MG. So I, I, I've, I've started telling him I need to sleep alone. Yeah. But that's just that's not feasible currently in our, in our living situation. So yeah. uh, we we've designated that he gets he gets up earlier because he's a early bird. And I get to sleep in. So I get a couple of hours alone to yeah. sleep in. And that's yeah. how we kind of scheduled or sleeping and it's it's actually game-changing learning to sleep alone I didn't realize until learning human design how much sleeping alone actually recharges me versus what I actually sleep with like uh, you know someone who has a defined sacral yeah and I think that it really is and the recommendation in human design is always like especially for projectors and manifestors and reflectors but like I really believe it's for everyone and I think that like even you know your partner would probably really benefit from that because there are going to be areas where they're taking in your energy. But I think that there's a lot of stigma around sleeping in our own spaces because it often is like, oh, it means your relationship's not working. Like you guys are like avoiding each other. And like, I just think it actually makes relationships so much more sustainable. And often people keep it a secret. I can't tell you how many people I say with, they're like, oh yeah, like, since we've had a baby, we've always slept separately, but like, we're just embarrassed to tell people. But like, once we had just a, a taste of sleeping alone, we're like, oh my God, yes. And so I think that like, I know it's been such a, made such a big difference in my own life, but I think it's like, I think we're going to start to see it more and more and more. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that. Um, so circling back around to you, I think we talked about energy type, uh, inner authority and strategy so far, right? Uh, yes. And the other thing you said was the profile. Yeah. So the profile, there are basically 12 different profiles in human design. 
Um, and the profiles are really like how we're here to kind of manifest our purpose. And so they're based on five different numbers. And so for example, you have your two, five, I'm a six, two, you could be a one, three, a four, one, literally all the things. Um, but it can just, again, as all of human design can just be kind of really validating and like honoring our unique past. So I think anyone that has a two in their profile, so that could be a two, five, that could be a six, two, a two, four, basically means there's a very natural hermit nature to your design. So I don't know about you, but like this quarantine thing is a very natural thing for me. I'm pretty happy here. My yeah, partner is a one three is like, I got to get out. I'm like, I'm good. I'm just happy in my couch and just doing my I thing. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, now the world can finally slow down and like everyone can just be at home. I, it's, it's funny because my partner is a one four and he's like going stir crazy. You yeah. know, and he's also an MG. So he's like super restless and can't be sitting at home. Totally. And so the twos are like, it's really good. to just have time alone to do their own thing in their own time. But also what's key for them is like, they're very much here to just be like a natural at what they do. They're not really here to do the things that feel super hard or feel super challenging, but the things that feel easy and natural and just like a piece of cake to them. And I think often they don't assign worth to those things. I know for me, it's like, I can't pay for those things. Like, yeah. but it's just like, those are the things where you actually offer the most value. Like what you're good at as like someone with a two in your profile is like kind of an unteachable thing. And mm -hmm. so it's just like leaning into like, what are the things that come naturally and easily? And know that you might not always be so good at seeing your own talents. I know, especially for me as a six two, but other people can kind of see them and recognize you and kind of pull them out of you. And then how does that, does that make sense? To oh, you? that makes total sense because I mean, I have struggled for so long to see myself. I think as a projector, tell me if this is something you agree with is that we have a hard time seeing ourselves because we're, we're so focused on seeing the other. Yeah. Um, and as a projector, as a two specifically, like I, I didn't, I couldn't understand why I was good at what, what I was good at because I didn't have education or training or learning to back it up. I was just like, I'm just good at it and I feel drawn to do it. And it, it was like kind of like this, it kind of messed with me a little bit and my ego got really involved and I, I started to like, this, like I have an open will center too. So like the whole self-worth stuff started to like mm -hmm. show, up, show up and I was constantly need to prove myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that like, that's why it can be such a relief for people because it's just like, oh my God, what? Like, that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And like, again, I think we spend, I just got off a session right before this. And like, she was just like, wow, like you're just telling me so many things that I've been trying to be that like, I'm just like starting to accept that like, those aren't me. Like mm -hmm. we just like start to really lean into like what's so natural to us and like releasing the rest because we often just like are drawn to what we're not, you know? And so we try to kind of catch up there. And so so often just empowering and useful and just feels like a big relief. Um, for those who have a five in their profile, so that could be a two, five like you or a five, one, a three, five basically means that there's like a very natural leadership, which you already carry as a projector. Um, but it's more around the fact that like, you're just like a natural kind of problem solver, fixer, like here to come in, offer a solution, no one has thought of it and like check back out probably could be useful in coaching too. Of like, here's what I see, I'm out, but like not here to be like fixing things and solving problems all the time. I think the thing to watch out for the most with this one is that like, there can be a little bit of a tendency for people to project things onto you, like project mm -hmm. that you can fix them or guide them or lead them or save them or do this for them or this for them. And like, or even a partner putting you on a pedestal in some way. And so your work is to basically know yourself well enough to not construct your identity based on what other people are perceiving because they can see literally anything in you, but to just like really be like trusting your intuition to be like, Am I available for this or not? How can I solve this problem or not? But like, you're just not here to solve all the problems. And so to really make sure you're really only committing to things that feel like fully in your integrity. 
So when you say how, what other people are perceiving in you, that means people can paint a picture of who they think you are in their mind and expect you to be that way. And when you aren't, they... It can be really challenging because you're like, I'm not actually that, you know, in romantic, they like put you on a pedestal that you're like, they're like, you're this person. And you're like, I guess that's part of me, but that's not all of me. And like, I don't feel permission to be all of me. Or it could be in a work context where someone's like, I think you'd be great at this. Like, you'd be amazing. And you're like, oh, okay, that feels good. Sure. But then like, it's not actually your thing. Mm. And so like, it just like, it's so, it can be a little bit seductive. And like fives have a little bit of seductive energy where again, people just like see so much possibility in you. And it's often so positive at the outset, but it's really kind of up to you to be like, but is this really right for me? And is this really me? And just because they see this possible thing, like, and recognize me, like, does it actually feel like authentic recognition? That makes so much sense because I think that's really uh, prominent and can be prominent in a parent-child relationship. Totally. You know? Yeah. Always when yeah. I see a parent with like a five kid, I just like, be really careful about what you're projecting onto them because like you want to really give them permission to be exactly who they are and to not walk in with like, I've got to be this and like, you think I'm this and all that. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with that because that's something that I definitely got from my parents and um, this like, uh, this brings up for me is like the whole deconditioning, right? There's this like the not self themes and like, so essentially I think the goal is to, to live, to live our design to the best it resonates and feels right for us. So how can we start that deconditioning process, or as I like to call it, like the unlearning process of the, of, of the version who we think we are and really come home to who we really are? Yeah. So often the type strategy authority are going to be the most important pieces. It's again, by kind of integrating those pieces that like you just start to make more aligned decisions that you enter into things in ways that actually feel right, that you're actually using your energy throughout the day in a way that really feels good. And so like, that's going to be like the most kind of actionable stuff you can bring into your everyday. Knowing your open centers and where you are the most likely to get taken off track is also very useful because you can just start to know very quickly when you're off track, like with somebody who has an open ego or an open will, like you and I both, and most of the population, it means that like, we're actually really not here to prove a thing. And so if we're ever like overcommitting or overcompensating or doing something out of desire to prove ourselves, it's just actually not going to be the right thing. And mm-hmm. so for me to always have the filter when I make the commitment of like, is this coming from a desire to prove or is this coming because like, I'm actually recognized, I feel lit up by it, this feels amazing. And so just like that has really altered my decision making because I can just so quickly pick up when I'm in the shadow, you know? And so just knowing the areas where we're the most likely to get taken off track is so useful. And we all do have these areas in our design called kind of not self. We call them the signatures, basically just signatures that reveal whether you're on or off track. And they're really useful. So projectors, it's bitterness, success for generators and manifesting generators, it's frustration and satisfaction. And so it's just so useful to know what these pieces are because like, they're just tools to bring you back on track. So like when bitterness shows up for us, projector, for us as projectors, which is often a feeling of like not feeling recognized or appreciated or invited in, it's just like an opportunity to like honestly step back and be like, maybe this isn't the right relationship or right thing for me anymore. Or can I have a conversation and see if I really do still feel recognized? And so I think that tool of bitterness has been so useful for me because it's like really helped me know when to pivot and when to pull my energy out of a thing and when to kind of really revisit. So there's just like a lot of small tools like that, that I think kind of ensure on a daily basis that we're entering into things and showing up in ways that are actually really aligned with our design. Uh, The thing that comes to my mind is for a projector, the recognition is game changing, like to be recognized as them and how we can share our wisdom and our insight and that's yeah. been uh, that's been something I've had to practice because I've always wanted to just interject and just give them what I thought but I've yeah. learned that I have to literally 
be asked to do that. Otherwise, that person is just going to think I'm some weirdo and not want to pay attention or hear anything that I have to say. And that just kind of reinforces the bitterness. Um, but I want to ask is, do you feel like as a projector or like in, in order for you to be recognized, there's this piece of self-recognition that you need to kind of um, go through or grow into yourself? Yeah, I think that like we do talk a lot in human design about like first recognizing yourself or it's just like, and again, we're not always like you said, it's like our focus as projectors is really on the other, on supporting and guiding the other, whereas like often the focus for generators and manifesting generators is like their own desire and what they actually really the energy for. And so I think as projectors, like the ideal would be that you really kind of like dial in what you feel the most excited about, what you feel the most drawn to exploring recognize your worth in that your capacity and then make yourself visible and available to share it you know maybe it doesn't always happen like i was invited in to study human design but then i studied human design for a long time without recognition because no one cared about human design you know but for me i was like this is the thing and at some point people are going to care about it so like i've got to just trust it and so like i think that that is that kind of recognizing yourself of like i feel drawn to this i've got to trust my authority i've got to trust my intuition for you and like just see and like just trust that like the recognition will come and so I think we've got to really first like ground and ground into it in ourselves because the recognition mm. doesn't from others doesn't always come immediately and it definitely can but like not always yeah I totally resonate with that um the thing that comes to my mind is that uh you're seeing human design pop up more than ever before like it's everywhere everyone's talking about it uh why do you think that human design's actually taking so much momentum currently? You know, I think that like so many reasons, I just think that we're like in a time in just history and in like the evolution of humans that people are just like more open and excited and about this stuff than ever before, you know, and like all the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus, like just like things are breaking down, you know, like our world just taking a turn or an evolution. And I think that we can like deny that or like really open up to it. And like, I just think that there is just an incredible openness because I think what has worked for people in the past isn't working for them anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's such a desire for self-knowledge and such a desire for exploration and really understanding themselves. And um, I think that like when I, cause I also work with companies a lot and I think that I expected a lot of skepticism going in because I'm like, I'm bringing this modality that's based on your exact time, date and place of birth. And most people here have not been exposed to it at all. But like, I actually have experienced so little skepticism because I just think that like, people just want to learn about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they just want to get better. And I think that human design, part of its magic is that even though it comes from the star is like the language itself doesn't have to be very esoteric. It can just be like so grounded, so simple, so actionable, so practical. And so I just think that like, even with the biggest of skeptics, people like seem to really get it and resonate mm -hmm. with it and want to know more. And like, that was what got me into it because it felt like a bridge system. It felt like a Thing that could bridge all the worlds of like the esoteric into the more practical and actionable and you know in some ways human design is called a science like I wouldn't go that far you know it's still like a channeled system and I think a lot of the stuff is being proven by science but I think part of the magic of human design is like you know it's less about whether or not it's true and more just like whether or not it's helpful mm -hmm. you know and I think that's what like tends to really land with people the most of like oh yeah I don't need to believe a thing but I guess hearing all these things about myself is actually extraordinarily useful so like why not play with them yeah, yeah. I think it for me, the way I've I've started to see it is that, you know, there isn't a one size fits all type of model, you know, to live, to work, to be. It's we're all inherently uniquely designed totally to be who we are. And I think for me personally, human design has just given me so much permission totally to just 
be myself and not kind of apologize anymore that, you know, I actually move a lot slower and I, mm-hmm. and I actually don't enjoy working long hours at all. And I get burnt out really easily if I do. And it's just giving me more permission to just kind of own myself, you know, and like it's, it has stopped all the confusion from, you know, all different sources that you need to be a certain way or fit into a certain model you know, and so that, that was really liberating for me. Um, I want to ask you, how has learning about your human design changed the way you live and show up? I mean, it's also convoluted, just convoluted now because I spend my days just teaching people about their human design. I think that like there's so many layers, like it just changed the way that I've operated in all the ways. And like, I'm always going deeper into my own design too. I think that like it, when I first discovered human design, it was just like, it felt so familiar like everything about the system just felt familiar. I like committed to like building a company around it before like I really understood any of it because I was just like, this just makes sense. Projectors tend to have that pretty like immediate reaction to human design, but and systems in general. But I think that like, I just like, you know, I had been really hustling and just prided myself on how much I could do. And the thing is like, I really actually am a very good doer. It's just like not sustainable for me, not really where I offer the most value. And like, I've got a lot of energy as a projector. You know, you do too. But like, I think that like, I just like human design really helped me step back and build a business in a much more sustainable way. And also just like lean into what I was really good at. You know, I was able to just like kind of build a business by making myself visible, letting the Mm -hmm. right people find me, like by honoring kind of just like the ebbs and flows of my energy. Like I still really do work a lot right now because like I'm in kind of a crunchy time in the business where like I'm the only one that can do what I do in the context of my business right now. But like, you know, so much of what we're building is like how to basically pull me out of the whole process. Mm. And so it's really like, how can I actually be a projector? You know what I mean? And fully like have the support around. So it's been such a cool process to be able to like step into that. And also like, you know, as a projector, I've always had a business partner. I've always had like a generator or a manifesting generator that like has offered so much of that energy to kind of make the thing happen. And so like before I probably would have tried to do it all myself. And like, it's just such a, step where it's like my gift is actually not in the business is like mm-hmm. or this business strategy like it's really just like knowing and loving and understanding human design like that's always been it mm-hmm. but I don't think I really like fully allowed that before and so and yeah they're just again like how I show up with friends you know being able to just like really like honor that need to be recognized and invited like letting that always be the guidepost knowing that like in the past I've tried to be so impulsive, but I know I really need to take my time with things. Mm-hmm. Like that showed up so big in my partnership and just like in life, you know, and giving myself permission. So there are just so many added layers. Like I'm just always learning more and more and more and more about my design that it's just like validating all the things that I already know and just like step into it. Like there is the quality of eating. I'm sure you've looked into mm-hmm. that, but just like mm-hmm. around how we're meant to consume food, like how I meant to consume food and digest information is like all around like activity around me and I was like so resistant I was like oh I hate that I just like want calm and quiet but like honestly like that's always how I consume food like Mm. and so like it's just been nice like oh you know what like I can resist that as much as I want but like that's how I've been doing things since I was young and like now I just have even more tools to step into it so I think that like they're just, it's just so layered it's like you know I've been sharing human design for five years now but like it's not even like I know all the things at all, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just like always so many new layers. And so I think that's part of the magic is that there's like always more to discover. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate, like, I love your Instagram so much because um, it's, 
I don't know, you always post the right thing at the right time. Thank you. You know, um, and uh, it's, I feel like with each post, like we're going deeper and deeper because you, like you said, like human design, there's so many layers to it, you know? And like, I think today we covered like the basics of it to get everyone started. But, you know, um, if, if, if you're, if you're wanting to go deeper, obviously like people could work with you. Right. So like, how could, how could people reach out and get support if they want to go deeper? And also I appreciate you saying that about Instagram because like so often people are like, that's your post. And I'm just like, I can't, I like don't know what I'm going to post until I post it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's just like, it's not the most efficient system I have to say, but it tends to be like the most resonant. So, um, you know, one of my big offerings is a blueprint and it basically is a 30 page PDF on your unique design. So that's always my recommendation as the first place to get started, just because it's like kind of your own operating manual. It's like a resource guide that you can keep referring back to that covers all the things we talked about today and like just so much more. Um, I sit with people in sessions. So, you know, doing one-off sessions or ongoing work if people want to keep going deeper. Like I've done, you know, 30 sessions with people and there's always more to go into, you know? So it's just like, it's so endless. Um, And then I do a lot of work with partnership and also a lot of work with teams as well. Cool. And then where can people find you? So I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So Erin Claire Jones on Instagram and my website is erinclairjones.com. Perfect. Um, so I have one final question that I ask everyone that's on the pod uh, is what's one piece of wisdom that you've learned that has impacted you the most in your life and that someone could take away? Yeah, I think that like, and I learned this before human design, but human design really validated it, which was like this idea, you know, there's an amazing book called the surrender experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read it? Yeah. I have. And it's just like such a beautiful journey of what happens when somebody like doesn't try to architect their future and just like makes one aligned decision at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I think what human design has really taught me is that like our job is not to control our future and architect and be like, I want to be here in five years and here in 10 years. And like, here's the action plan to get there. It's more like, how can we just make one aligned decision at a time and trust that like it's going to take us all the way there? Mm. And so it requires a like my part. I'm, I'm so resistant to it. So much of my design is being in control. And like my partner created a beautiful canvas above my bed that just says like in trust and trust and trust because it just like is such a reminder that it's like all I can do is make an aligned decision today, aligned decision tomorrow, aligned decision the next week, and just trust that like so much more is possible than I ever thought. But like I only make myself available for it when I kind of just like trust the unknown. Mm. And it's like making decisions in a way, whether it's your gut or your intuition or your emotions or speaking things out, that it's not coming from a place of like, you know, I'm doing this so I can get this. Or like, it's more like I'm doing this because it feels right. And I'm probably not going to know why it's right until like two years from now or a year from now or six months. So I guess my encouragement is to really like lean into this surrender piece and focus more on like, how can you make one aligned decision at a time and make that be your job? That's beautiful. You say that because it's like just doing because it feels good, not necessarily because it makes sense or it's an, a specific totally. outcome where it's going to get you somewhere. And I, I can totally test, have like testimony to that because that's literally how I've approached everything in my life, totally. especially in my business. It's just this, this felt right. So I'm going to do it. I don't know why, but I just really feel it excited about doing it 100 percent. yeah and like it can be so scary it's not a a way of life that gives you a whole lot of like control or even necessarily clarity in the future but like I just know personally like it's just like I never could have predicted this would be where I was you know Mm -hmm. it's like I wasn't grow up and be like I want to be a human design guy like it's more just like it just happened because I listened and I was paying attention and so like and who knows where we're all going to be in 10 years or 20 years but I think just like trusting that moment by moment piece is so actually empowering yeah. And then realizing, I think one thing that I've also realized is we actually don't even have control to be, to begin with. We can try. We can try, but you know, 
Um, yeah, so thank you so much for just your time and connecting with me today. I think I learned so much and I'm so okay. excited to hear this back. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful I got an opportunity to talk to you. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, and everything, all of um, Claire's information will be in the show notes. Okay, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.